dissolved the council permanently. Last remnants of the old republic have been swept away. Hello there guys, gals and non-binary pals, all of whom are loved and welcomed in this space. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Imperial Senate Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Ashby, and joining me as always are my beloved co-hosts, Nikki and Claire. How is everyone? You know, it's been brought to our attention <laughs> that we always say good. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm doing, you know, fine. How about that? Fine there is, we go. Fine is a... Uh, a new word to use. Yeah. It's fine. We, we We're make, all fine we here now. How are you? Oh, a nice little Star Wars reference in the Star Wars podcast. That's nice. Thanks. I try. Uh, mine wouldn't be... What mine wouldn't be? Um, Ow. Yeah. <laughs> mine. yeah. The, Ben's, the Ben Solo quote that everyone loves. Ow. Um, that's iconic. iconic. Uh, yeah, we're, we're making it. We're like Ray slowly scratching at our walls with like a load of lines going everywhere we're making it it. but as long as we're here to talk about the plethora of star wars news that happened this week but frankly we, we don't have to because rather than going through the news this week we're going to be interviewing a very special guest you may know him from his fantastic documentary, The Empire Strikes Door, his work with BBC Radio 5, and his brand new YouTube channel, The Geek End. It's Jamie Stangerham. Hello. Hello, Charlie. Hello, Claire. Hello, Nikki. Hello. Hello. Hi, fellow humans. Uh, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> how, well, I, I mean, you guys have already covered how your current uh, feelings are, so uh, we don't have to go into that again. If you want, but um, I'm just I'm just naturally polite, right? I'm British, so I I feel like I have to ask how you all are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's part it's part of the DNA. It's part of our DNA. We have just have to we have to ask. We have to apologize, and then when we apologize, we have to apologize for apologizing. Apologizing for birth, just... pretty much. <laughs> apologizing yeah, straight out, out of like... the womb. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, am I crying too much? Like it hurt. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good heavens! I'm Where sorry, are my mum? You're stuck with me, though. <laughs> they were my first uh, words. They, they, they were the first uh, screams I or cries I made. They were uh, translated to those words, anyway. Uh, <laughs> is that is that what we're here to talk about? <laughs> I, I think so. I think we're here to talk about your birth. Uh, <laughs> It's a subject that many interviewers don't really get into, but we're here to... It's an all-encompassing interview today, okay? You're going to get stuff thrown at you that maybe you weren't ready for. I I have to mention a meme now, now that, like, birth has been brought up. (laughs) I saw this this meme the other day, and it it tickled me so so much that it, it was like a picture of a fetus in the womb, and it was saying, please God, Norway, please God, Norway. And then it's born. It's born, and then it's like it's a doctor. It's like, where am I? He says, Ohio. And then it like zooms in on the baby's like shocked face. <laughs> anyway, it's it's been in my mind since, so I'm glad I got to bring it out again. <laughs> you can tell it made an impact on you. Truly, you, did. Told, you you told the story. You visualized it for us. That was beautiful. Yeah, it was. There you go. Anyway, thanks, Nikki. I think it's just, you know, it's it really encapsulates the mood of the past year as well. So 
I think slowly but surely, and it's not always the case, but I feel like people are becoming more British as the pandemic takes a toll on us. I feel like, especially like America, I feel like there's bits of the DNA there, the structure that's reverting back to the sort of dark sensibilities and humour, which I feel like we're all having to deal with this weird time. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice to see us all being miserable together. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, these are miserable times, you know, that we live in. But, 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 um, I think, obviously, me and Charlie being in the UK and you guys being in the States, you know, we, for the start and the majority of the pandemic, I think we were sort of neck and neck for, uh, you know, handling it the worst in the world. But um, <laughs> on the positive side, at least, you know, we're both doing well in the uh, the vaccine rollout. So hopefully there is genuine light at the end of this uh this moody tunnel. Yep. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and and even then, within this strange dark times, there's been glimmers of light and fun to be found in different ways. Whether that's uh, binging content on Disney Plus or Netflix or whatever you get your content. Uh, but one of the things I've been looking forward to. Um, has to do with you, Jamie, and that's that you've recently kickstarted a new series on your channel called Lightspeed Tonight. Can you tell us what the show is about? No, not not really. Uh, I'm <laughs> still figuring it out. Um, three lockdowns later. Um, it has been three lockdowns in the making, and um, I suppose maybe maybe explaining where it came from is probably the best way of explaining what it's about, in a way. Uh, I mean, I suppose... We were supposed to learn a new skill, weren't we, from these lockdowns? I know some people learned languages, learned to bake, learned to, or started running properly, you know, doing like 10K runs or whatever, uh, couch to 5K, that's the thing, isn't it? And um, <laughs> I learned to put prosthetic horns on my head and a bowl cap <laughs> and uh, make my face turn red without having to go for a run, uh, which was... Uh, a better way of making my face turn red. Um, yeah, I learned to cosplay in a way, which I've never never done before. So, um, yeah, it was the start of lockdown one, like the, the really kind of serious lockdown, you know, where people were still figuring out what this uh, disease was, you know, how we work around it, et cetera. So the lockdown when you really shouldn't go anywhere, that one. And um, I was chatting to my mate uh, Vince, who I do a bit of um, writing with, a number of projects over the years. And um, I just, I don't know why, obviously, you know, weird things were happening in our, uh, in our lives, in our minds. And I just, I just asked him like, I don't think I even asked him. I think I asked myself. I think he'd zoned out at this point, but I was just wondering what would people um, in the Star Wars universe, what are they watching on TV? Cause they, they don't have a TV, right? They'll have entertainment of some sort. What are they watching? And um, this was all, by the way, not, this was all in the kind of uh, quest for finding an idea of uh, some new content because my YouTube channel is um, a mix of pop culture, movie stuff, but really um, the main kind of thing is Star Wars. And for a number of years on it, I've been um, doing uh, once a month or so Star Wars interviews. Um, there's a series called These Are the Actors You're Looking For. And so that's the kind of bread and butter of the, of the Star Wars side of the channel. But I wanted to do something, you know, a little bit different. Uh, I don't do... Um, I have no problem with reaction videos, etc. But I just don't do them because I'm, I'm not a very reactionary person. I'm just quite sedated when I watch things. It just would not be fun for anybody. So I feel like you know, in terms of like the YouTube sort of genres, 
I'm fairly limited because I don't, I'm not comfortable doing a lot of the uh, the sort of things that people do very well and successfully on YouTube. I'm not very good at being successful, basically. So I was looking for a new, <laughs> exciting idea that involves Star Wars. Um, and uh, I just wondered and asked my mate Vince, you know, what do you reckon people will be watching in, in the Star Wars universe? And I don't know why, but Vince um, brought up uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, a show I know a little bit, but really my relationship with it is... Um, in the UK, really just seeing clips on social media. And usually when it's like an international topic or a topic that I understand uh, and hate, like Brexit, for example, like I, I've enjoyed his rants about uh, Boris Johnson and Brexit. And also I get the kind of, I, I understand the um, a lot of the um, Donald Trump uh, monologues and stories, but when it's more of a sort of real domestic American you know, news story, you know, I, I, I don't get it. So it's not a show that I, you know, uh, tune into every week. I don't even know how you can get it in the UK. I'm sure you can. Um, but yeah, we just decided that they'd watch last week tonight, something like that. They would have um, satire and uh, news satire based programs would be uh, in a healthy place, especially during the prequel era, because obviously there was a lot of uh, shady politics uh, going on. So mm-hmm. we decided that um, we would make our sort of own version of last week tonight. We'd call it Lightspeed Tonight. Uh, John Oliver wasn't available. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, nobody was available because, again, we were in the, the big lockdown. So I had to become the host. And now I would have preferred to have got an actor involved if it was in normal times. I would have asked like an actor mate or someone just to just to do it. Um, we decided to do a Deveronian mostly because uh, it seemed to be the easiest thing to do that isn't a human you know we didn't want to get like a mask because then you want to see the mouth move you want to see the mouth move obviously and i don't i can't do very good you know uh computer effects wizardry type stuff so um we decided face paint horns bowl cap as i mentioned earlier um and it would be a deveronian called wameris watt (laughs) and i believe the name wameris watt came from one of those star wars um uh, find your Star Wars name quizzes. I did one of those and sort of yes. like, manipulated the <laughs> results a little bit and somehow ended up with Wameras uh, Watt. And um, yeah, he's the host. He's the John Oliver of Lightspeed Tonight. And um, really, actually, the, the, the reason we chose that format of Lightspeed Tonight, it just seemed to be uh, the easiest format to sort of try and replicate at least because I'm doing this on my own. I'm uh, in a lockdown. I'm one man and a camera in a in a hot shed because lockdown one was very hot um so uh it just seemed like something we could have a go at and it it, it hasn't come out terrible at least <laughs> no yeah it's great and um speaking of the Wamera's Watt character I guess outside of John Oliver were there any other sort of key inspirations to him like is there are there any other like late night people you you uh thought about or is it really mostly rooted in like John Oliver and and last week tonight. Yeah, I think it is, to be honest. Um, I mean, <laughs> James Corden has influenced it uh, a little <laughs> bit. Um, he made a trailer and he, uh, he he has a few cameos in the trailer. And I think he has a cameo in episode one as well. So in a way, he influenced it, but not in the kind of positive way that John Oliver uh, has yeah. influenced <laughs> it. He's, he's the Sith, I guess, to uh, John Oliver's Jedi. Um, so no, to be honest, I'm, I'm not... Um, 
I'm trying to think in the UK, there's, uh, there's not many, even, even in the UK, not many late night hosts I'm that into at the moment. Um, <clears throat> from a comedy point of view, I used to, uh, Charlie might know what I'm talking about here, but I used to um, enjoy shows like Brass Eye and... Um, uh, yes, so you know, Chris Morris, right? Yeah, Chris Morris, and obviously, you know, um, Alan Partridge, Charlie, his, his very early stuff, because <laughs> um, he used to be in um, radio comedies before he was, um, you know, a, a TV star in his own right, uh, Steve Coogan's character there. So um, that was kind of like my sort of um, comedy jam, I guess, um, that sort of um, very British, uh, dry um, comedy. And Brass Eye was a... Um, was was basically a, a spoof of of news programs um and quite controversial as well and um yeah but yeah it's so i wouldn't say there's any influence from that actually in lightspeed tonight so to be honest i've just rambled about something that half of the people in this conversation don't know about because i don't think it's crossed, <laughs> crossed the oh, pond jamie, so i apologize jamie trust me like it's, <laughs> These the Claire and Nikki have both seen the paedophile sent to space. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. There we go. There we go. See any clip you need to see. <laughs> Charlie uh, has made sure we've got our education. <laughs> it's really great. We'll have our podcast going and all of a sudden Charlie will make a joke and be like, You never heard of that? We're like, no. YouTube you- clip. <laughs> <laughs> to, the, to the YouTube channel. Yeah, no, it's funny you say that. And I feel like I think even if it's not visible in the show, definitely these comedy uh, sensibilities are definitely found in just our overall personalities and content overall. Like you were saying about the radio shows, I listen to uh, On The Hour every night (laughs) to go to sleep. Yeah. Because it's like I'm just processing all that strange comedy and regurgitating it, I guess, the next day. But uh, yeah, I find that really interesting. Like there's different, the difference between the US and the UK chat shows is definitely um different because we've only got really got graham norton i guess over here yeah mm. mainstream wise there's um in fact that's all there is mainstream wise on television isn't there these days um there is graham yeah, norton and i suppose jonathan ross um that's that's it really and luckily we got rid of one of them sent him over <laughs> to your uh your side of the pond. <laughs> dang it <laughs> oh we're so sorry no and it's and, funny yeah. that you uh that you felt that you didn't have the acting chops to do it because I just want to say that this is excellent. Like you wanted to hire an actor. I'm glad you did it because I, this character, it just, I love John Oliver. I watch John Oliver every week and this was just so much fun to see it in the star Wars side of it. And also, uh, I just wondering, is this going to be a one and done kind of situation or will we see Wimaris and other shows on the weekend or anything like that? Um, well, first of all, thank you. I'm glad um, oh, yeah. glad uh, you uh, believed in Wimeris, that you were convinced he was a real Deveronian, <laughs> etc. But um, And there's something also that's funny about a man with devil horns reading the news to me. There's something about that that's just poetic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I suppose... I didn't change my voice or anything because I'm not an actor and I'm not confident in even attempting to act. So the best I, the the furthest I was willing to go was just to sort of exaggerate myself by 10% and 
put myself in 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 the Star Wars universe and just have a different name and and horns on top of my head. But um, uh, and also just to just to correct you, that I wouldn't have hired an actor. I would have made one of my actor friends do it for free. There we go. <laughs> um, we got to keep it in budget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like this was made on about uh, fifty pounds, which I think um, post Brexit pounds is about eighty bucks, maybe or something. Um, surprisingly <laughs> nice. expensive. Like the, the the glue, the special glue you need for like the bowl cap and all that. I'm sure cosplayers know this. They don't need me to tell them, but surprisingly expensive. I was uh, I was shocked. The glue was like the most expensive. Um, Prosade? Prosade? I don't know if that's the brand or the name of the actual uh, substance in general, but a very expensive. That's what I've learned from it. Um, will there be more? Well, we've made three episodes. We did three in one sitting, and it was a long process. Genuinely was three lockdowns in the making, um, and really most of that was, uh, as you guys know, with editing. That's always the the longest uh, process in, in anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, uh, we've made three episodes. So the first one's out. Um, I think they get better as they go on. Um, I unfortunately have this knack of just focusing on the negatives on, on my own things, only on my own things. And, you know, I, I like to be supportive and positive about other people's things. But when it's my own thing, I'm like, oh, yeah, you can see the bowl cap join there. Oh, hang on. The sound's gone weird there. For that. All these things that people won't notice, but I'm noticing because I've seen it too much yeah. <laughs> of the edit, editing process um so i have a sort of at the moment negative view on it all but when that wears off um the three episodes will come out uh episode two next week uh episode three the week after uh we shall see we've got an idea we've got sort of um an idea on paper to do three more episodes around attack of the clones so the three that we've done are around the phantom menace timeline so three can be done around attack of the clones um, and then free for maybe, maybe for Revenge of the Sith. And I don't know, the prequels just, I can't imagine doing it beyond the prequels unless it kind of, unless people, you know, unless it sort of takes off a little bit and people want it. Um, I feel like the prequels is just a, it's just a rich tapestry to, uh, to have fun with, you know, because um, mm-hmm. of all of the, uh, as I mentioned before, the, uh, the shady politics going on and Newt Gunray is just uh, a lot of fun uh, to make fun of. And um, yeah, there's just a lot more. Um, I'm not uh, I'm not being mean about the prequels here. I, I like the prequels, but they're easier to have fun with than the original trilogy and, uh, and the sequel trilogy. I, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's also think... the there's, there's also that like great. Uh, like a way of you know oh the government's taking over <laughs> like you know <laughs> you, you, the, the character loses the, his voice because the the government clamps down on late night entertainment you know you always have that out when you with the with the prequel trilogy yeah 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 which is uh as british people know there's no uh it's very unrealistic for a uh, government to take control of say a major broadcasting corporation and tell them what what to and not say um (laughs) so yeah i i really i i have to say as well like i love that you used your actual voice as well because i feel like having a british alien just makes more sense when it comes to these star wars aliens um i don't know why it just gives it a bit more gravitas and it yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, again, I, I'm not in the, I'm not in a place to to uh, to try other <laughs> accents. To be honest, mentally, uh, physically, emotionally, in all in all the ways, I'm just not going to do it. Um, but I'm not good at accents. But um, I, but then again, I, I'm actually from 
originally, I've lived in London for like 15 years, but I'm originally from the same part of the UK that John Oliver is from. Uh, however, and Charlie will know this, um, I don't have a Brummie accent. And John Oliver has a slight Brummie accent. So, um, Claire and Nikki, do you know, do you know a Brummie accent? No. Do you, know, do you know what I mean by that? Okay, so Birmingham, not Birmingham, Alabama, Birmingham, West Midlands, England yeah. accent. So, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, he's, he's a Brummie. He's, he's got oh, a, okay. <laughs> so if you think Ozzy Osbourne is just difficult to understand because of the copious amounts of drugs he's taken throughout his uh, the majority of his <laughs> lifetime, no, no, that's how all people from Birmingham uh, sound. Uh, it's very confusing. <laughs> it's like you do need... Um, Google Translate on the go at all times when you're in uh, Birmingham, <laughs> even even if you're from just 20 minutes away from Birmingham, like me, because the UK is a small country uh, in comparison to America, but the accents, it's it's crazy. Like it's so, I, I think there's probably more accents and, and dialects in the UK than the States, um, which is crazy when you think about the size of it. So 20 minutes away from me, people talk like... Ozzy Osbourne. Um, and John Oliver has got a, a, a twang of a Brummie accent still. Um, so anyway, um, we're from similar parts of the world, but I dodged the Brummie accent uh, <laughs> on it. But I think you probably think, uh, Claire and Nikki probably think we all sound the same anyway, the Brits. So maybe you, maybe you do well, think I sound Nikki, like John Oliver. Nikki's half of us. He's half Brit. Oh, indeed. <laughs> yeah. My, my, it's funny you mentioned the accents because so my family's from Manchester. And oh, okay. And then Liverpool is, what, 30 30 miles away? (laughs) Something like that. And they sound completely different. (laughs) And it's funny because I live five years in Scotland. So I'm not as familiar with the British accent, like the the English accents. But, man, I like because I grew up in Stirling, like, you know, cute little area. And then when you go into Glasgow and you're in a pub and now I'm like, I I thought I had it. I got nothing. (laughs) 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 Like, nothing. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's it is ridiculous. There, I went to a, my nan's funeral like a few, about five years ago, and uh, my nan's from Ireland, so I had to deal with the Irish <laughs> accent on the one side of the family, and then my granddad's family turned up, and they're from Yorkshire, <laughs> so people talk to me, and I have no idea what anyone's saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Yorkshire accent's great. I feel like the Yorkshire accent. Um, is like a bit more sort of um, accepted. Like I, I feel like now there's not just the sort of I'm thinking in the in the, the stereotypical sort of um, representation of a of a of a Brit in uh, in film. Uh, they often yes. go for like the kind of like what we would say a posh accent, wouldn't we, Charlie? You know, uh, Hugh Grant sort yeah. of posh accent, um, Tom Hiddleston, etc. But I feel like since Game of Thrones, the Yorkshire accent is becoming a little bit more accepted globally. Yeah, yeah. Everyone loves everyone loves the uh, it's the Sean Bean effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Sean Bean. What a man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we're we're a very weird nation of different accents, but you know what? It's part of our it's part of our shine, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I really love the way that. I guess it's like John Oliver because you see him in America and the fact that he has a British accent is exact is exaggerated because of the fact that he is in America. So I guess it's the same in the ga- in a galaxy far, far away. Um, but I will say um, I was interested. You're talking about using the glue and the horns and how long does it take you to put the makeup on? Oh, it's uh, uh, forever. Like honestly, <laughs> felt like an eternity. It was, 
I, I, this is again. This is. I, I'm finding reasons not to make more. I'm just hoping people don't <laughs> like. Um, like, I mean, episode one is really only hit my kind of um, core subscriber ship at the moment, um, and they're all in. They're, they're, I mean, they're all enjoying it. They say they're enjoying it, but I feel like they'd say that regardless. I'm, and I'm all here for um, constructive criticism. I, I I like to receive that. Um, so part of me sort of hopes the next two don't do very well and it doesn't go beyond, ever go beyond my core subscribership um, and I don't have to make more. And part of that is because of the process of getting old WW ready for um, for action. It was, I, I don't know. I would say, I mean, okay, I, it was third time lucky. I will find and I will send you at some point. I'll, I'll have to, I've got footage from my failed two attempts and I'll screen grab because like it, I, I can't even describe uh, what Wameris Watt originally looked like uh, in round one and round two. <laughs> uh, but round three, in like round three, is like considering I I don't know I'm making it up as I go along in terms of everything actually, but um, specifically talking about at the moment the face paint and the and the horns. Round three, i.e. the final version, I I think actually I'm I'm pleased about that. It it does look quite good but if you compare it to what i originally had it's amazing you know this is actual lucasfilm level amazing uh because it was terrible the first two i did um so i think by round three i got the whole process down to probably three and a half four hours and i don't know if that's good or about right (laughs) or or, or bad because obviously i've no i'm not I don't know any professional, you know, makeup artists, et cetera, in, who do prosthetics. So um, I don't know if that's good or bad, but um, that was me doing it myself as well. I mean, it, it sounds like, I feel like when I had interviews where you were watching interviews with like Paul Bettany, they say it takes about three or four hours. So, and I, I, I think personally, I think it looks incredible. Um, Neil Scanlon, into the watches back, quite frankly. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the creature guy, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's the creature guy. He's listening right now, sweating. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, you often hear um, uh, actors... In fact, I interviewed... Um, I'm going to do a Star Wars name drop here. I interviewed um, Silas Carson the other day <laughs> for... <laughs> This series the and the, yeah, the he he is the 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 original Newt Gunray and uh, Kaidai Mundi. Was it Mundi or Mundi? Um, yeah, yeah, Mundi, right? Mundi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he was saying he was in makeup for four to five hours for uh, Mundi. Um, but then again, that's someone else obviously doing the work. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. a couple of people doing the work around him. So um, yeah, perhaps if someone was doing it for me, and also if it was also someone uh, who wasn't me and therefore wasn't watching YouTube tutorials as, as he went along, <laughs> trying to figure out what to do with this special glue. And um, uh, I lost half an eyebrow at one point as well. Uh, when I say one oh, point. No. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. A month, maybe, until it started to grow back a bit. So I was, like, grateful for lockdown in the end. <laughs> no one no. got to see me. Um, yeah, it, it was like I say, two failed attempts, bad failed attempts, and I will I will share the image with you when I when I uh, when I feel brave enough. <laughs> oh my oh, god! Man. You know, I guess we sort of talked about you know lockdown life and and pandemic life a bit, and just like out of curiosity, like have you found it difficult 
the past year, like either emotionally or just logistically or whatever, like to create things? Like, has that been hard for you? Yeah, to be honest, I found I found it difficult to create life. You know, just found it difficult yeah. to get up in the morning. It's, it's mm-hmm. um, I think, um, I mean, I will say, I have had an okay pandemic. You know, I still mm-hmm. I haven't lost anybody um, directly to me. Uh, I have my own health still. I'm I'm half vaccinated. You know, and <laughs> there's people who need vaccines way more than me in the world who are nowhere near getting their first. Um, those so i i realize how uh lucky and privileged i am uh in the grand scheme of things but mm-hmm. uh yeah like my normal work's been hugely impacted um i'm freelance um charlie said radio five at the start i do freelance for bbc i used to be staff but i went freelance and at national level anyway in my departments they can't use freelancers for the entire pandemic because obviously they're reducing who comes in the building so it's like staff basically broadcast critical staff and um i sort of started doing um a lot of broadcasting live broadcasting at live events um which involved audiences and international yeah. travel <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and international travel so two big no-nos still two big no-nos for a pandemic yeah. and i'm still you know i've been i started to get work booked again uh when this year started and uh the vaccines were starting to roll out and even still those new jobs that have been booked uh have um have been cancelled recently so i had one in um poland in april they went into a lockdown job got cancelled um had one for italy uh around about now they went into a sort of lockdown got cancelled and uh yeah and my next big one is uh japan in late summer and um things aren't looking too good there at the moment so Mm. from a live point of view it's definitely impacted me and um on the other hand it's sort of impacted me in a good way creatively in terms of um my independent content making because i have been in a position excuse me where i've had more time on my hands like a lot of people and um have been able to you know spend spend three to four hours a time uh decorating my head essentially (laughs) for uh (laughs) so i think like a lot of people you know it has impacted me but i've done my best to uh make the best of a of a weird uh, mm-hmm. situation I suppose but um, like Charlie mentioned um, my YouTube channel is old but it's it's been rebranded recently into a sort of new channel and that's something I've had in my mind for a long time and to try and make it more of a proper thing um, but I never had the time so to, look, to take the positives from again the weird situation I found more time to you know work on the channel and um, come up with new ideas like, uh, like Lightspeed Tonight weird weird times (laughs) (laughs) truly unprecedented truly unprecedented is right but looking on the light side of things um one of the cool things that you do get to do is interview a whole bunch of people who work directly with star wars and what would you say has been the most fun interview that you've conducted with a star wars affiliated person with star wars um well it definitely wasn't paul bettany uh who (laughs) you mentioned mentioned earlier (laughs) i think i just got him on a i i annoyed him um i i annoyed him i I got him i got him on a in a bad moment and i made the bad moment worse so that's not that's not his fault i think he's i think he's actually uh, a cool guy and i would love a a proper uh 
uh, never go with him uh, <laughs> if you, if you'll see me again. I don't know, um, but he was he was in a bad move over, over a chicken Caesar salad, and I made it worse. Um, over a chicken Caesar salad. Yeah, he wasn't happy about a chicken Caesar salad, um, and I and I, I didn't make the salad worse. It was it, it was what it was. It was a chicken Caesar salad. There was no changing that. I mean, you could remove the chicken, and then it would be a Caesar salad. But he still wouldn't. I, he wasn't happy with salad. Basically, full stop. Um, it was the um, I think it was the Age of Ultron. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, press junket. You know where the actors sit in the room and. Uh, oh, as a yeah. conveyor belt yeah. of uh, journalists and what have you coming mm. in asking the same copy and pasted questions pretty much nobody wants to be there you know the actors and guess what most of the journos don't want to be there either it's just a strange <laughs> uh, dull um, fake kind of um, environment you know you've got sort of three to four minutes with these people and that includes sitting down breaking the ice and getting out again you know um, they're not interviews really they're fine for little kind of um, talking head things and and i i um i as you've probably gathered already in, from the last half an hour i ramble a bit and go on on tangents and um i always forget that jamie you haven't got much time and you've got a you've got a job to do um so i always break the ice and, and i heard that i was the last interview before lunch so i was like what, what, oh what, no, what? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I was like, hi paul i hear i'm standing between uh you and your lunch so i'm sorry to like <laughs> Uh, incom- inconvenience you and he's like well uh yeah i'm not bothered got a chicken caesar salad I was like, all right that sounds nice do you not do you not like chicken caesar salad well i did when i asked for it but now i don't want it i really i really i really i really regret ordering it and i wondered if he was just sort of being dry and and, and funny and uh, and he wasn't he was really annoyed really annoyed with himself oh, to be fair with himself like he made a bad decision and he was beating himself up over it. And, um, <laughs> and we, we started the interview and um, I actually played some clips on the live stream recently. And uh, I, I sort of won him round to begin with. I can't remember, but it was obviously a hilarious gag, won him round. And um, yeah, by the end of it, I made a joke about um, he'd been in loads of really bad Johnny Depp films. And uh, one, of, one of the recent ones around that time was Mordecai. I don't know if anyone's from Mordecai. <laughs> oh my oh, God. No. Yeah. I, I, list, I listed... Um, I listed all of the bad Johnny Depp films he'd been in with Johnny Depp. And uh, at the end of the list, I um, asked him whether Johnny Depp was trying to ruin his career. And he, he, uh, <laughs> he, uh, he, he, didn't, uh, he didn't think it was funny. I don't think anyone Oh, no. Um, and he gave a very diplomatic response. But anyway, that was an answer to, uh, that was an answer not really to the question you asked, although he, he is in Star Wars. But also, I have to say, I, I think I was the, I, I didn't handle that situation well. So I think Paul Bettany actually comes across really well in, in every interview I've seen with him, apart from the one with me. And uh, I'd, I'd definitely <laughs> like a, a second chance with him. But in terms of a really good experience, um, uh, I'm going to... Uh, does Anthony Daniels listen to your podcast? Uh, every other week, at least. <laughs> I really hope so. I don't know if he catches every episode, but okay. Let's let's assume he doesn't catch this one then, because I'm going to say not him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, like he would he would expect me to say him um, because he's the sort of he's one of the ones I've kind of become uh, I've done regular chats with, if you like, and and kept mm-hmm. in touch with and. Uh, Therefore, he's up there. He's up there. And that's an interesting one as well, because he's got a bad reputation, you know, of being um, in terms of working on the films, you know, um, mm. it's, it's in folklore that he and Kenny Baker never got on. And he was very mm. difficult to work with uh, on set. And, and I believe that, actually. And um, 
uh, I, I've just got on with him and actually found him quite self-deprecating because uh, he does come from a you know, a serious acting background. He went to drama school. He was, uh, he was a bit of a thespian. He was doing, you know, theatre work and what have you, um, Shakespeare and all that, and then got called in for this, you know, weird space film that, that changed his life. And he will be the first to joke that all I am, all I'm known for is C-3PO. That's, that's all I've done. That's all I do. You know, rather than being quite um, chippy about it, you know, sort of, but by the way, I used to do Shakespeare, you know, and uh, I, I am a proper trained actor, you know, and I have been in films mm-hmm. where you see my face, but nobody's seen those things. That's the only. Um, he's actually, I, I find him, I've always found him quite, um, quite funny and self-deprecating. And um, I would definitely put him um, up there. But again, I do believe he probably was quite difficult um, to work with because he, he, the last time I interviewed him was around the release of his book and he talked about how when the first Star Wars film came out, he'd, um, he had a, pretty much as many lines as all of the other leads. And when it came to promoting the film, uh, the, well, I suppose it was Fox at the time, wasn't it? Um, this was pre-Lucasfilm being a thing, was it? Um, but anyway, they didn't want to promote him as C-3PO. They wanted to promote C-3PO as being like a real kind of uh, robot. They didn't want to sort of you know, destroy the illusion that actually there was, you know, uh, there was a man inside uh, the suit. So he didn't get any kind of um, sort of uh, publicity uh, for the first film. And um, that kind of made him a bit sort of moody and salty towards it. So he's admitted that he did come back to Empire being a bit kind of like, well, I don't really uh, want to be here. And whilst I don't think you should have that attitude when you're on set, you know, as a professional, I do kind of get why, uh, he might have had that negative um, time, you know, in his mind um, towards Star Wars, which he's certainly uh, more than shaken off um, these days. Um, I'm, I've sort, I've been stalling to be honest uh, by rambling about Anthony Daniels, who's not getting number one spot. I've been stalling trying to think of who. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to Frank Oz. Okay, top three. Oh. Top three. Frank Oz, just lovely simple as that and just so interesting and so um normal and um you know you can talk about so much more than just star wars with him you know dark crystal and um all of his um work with jim henson the muppets etc and his own directing um career and random actor cameos uh knives out as well most most recently i think he popped oh up yeah in, didn't mm-hmm. he? um but i think number one and this it wasn't the best interview because it was a bit of a nightmare on the day uh, for technical reasons, but just for being the most mad and most fun, um, Brian Blessed, boss Nass. Oh boss. man, <laughs> like just mental, just completely what you'd expect. You know, just complete lunatic. He um, is, he is, like you. Everything you think about an actor, sometimes you find out when you meet them in person or over at a convention. Either they're exactly how you think they are, or they're nothing like it. And I remember going to my first convention and my friend bought a photograph or an autograph with um, with Brian Blessed. And I was like, okay, I'll just wait for you a bit down the end. Like, I'll walk up around the stadium. It was in the f- football stadium. It was in the MK Don stadium. And I walked around a bit and <laughs> all you can hear booming out, like covering about half the stadium was Brian Blessed going to my friend going, 
Hello there, my son. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon's <Okay>. alive. <laughs> He's exactly how you think he would be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like honestly, it was such an odd experience. Like we were doing it at um, one of the picture house um, cinemas in in uh, in the west in the in London's fashionable West End, and uh, he was doing like one of those kind of um, Q and A type things uh, in front of mm-hmm. a, a in front of a live audience. Remember those? And uh, I was that? doing like a quick sort of 10, 15 minute chat with him. Uh, before and we couldn't get it in a private there was no sort of room that we could go in so basically everyone was in the bar area um pre having pre-drinks before before the q a started and we were in that area and just a curtain was drawn you know to separate us so the sound was terrible um we had some camera trouble as well um but brian was brilliant and luckily at least we recorded um some of it and um <laughs> it was just bizarre because like he didn't care the fact that he didn't, he didn't seem to care that like he, he, we were in a, we were in a, you know, just cordoned off in in a big room, hundreds of people outside uh, the the cordon. And if I was in that situation, personally, I would probably get quieter if you know what I mean, but he Mm -hmm. just got louder, which, you know, um, I suppose (laughs) is is good because obviously we want, you know, to be able to hear him for the recording, but I mean, really louder. I mean, you know, the face wobbling, <laughs> the Gordon's alive, and all the boss Nash things, just going absolutely mental. To be honest, nobody needed needed the show. The show, the show had already happened uh, before the show because um, everybody could hear him just like bellowing, and uh, and he was just so fun. And to be honest, I think he really, I think he really enjoyed talking about Star Wars because. In the UK, I mean, I can't remember his last acting job, to be honest. He sort of just pops up on comedy panel shows and in the odd commercial. Um, Yeah. So, like, I don't, like, everybody know, in the UK at least, everybody knows who Brian Blessed is. He is a bit of a an institution and and as i've joked before should probably be in one too um but <laughs> like he doesn't really do that much these days and um when he is interviewed uh it's usually people just wanting his take on something that's happening in you know uh the current time that we live in whether it be in politics or um or he'll be talking about um flash gordon at a sort of anniversary event or something like that and as far as i knew anyway and i, I still think this is the case to this day he doesn't really ever get asked about star wars and a lot of people just maybe because um obviously the prequels initially the reception they got wasn't um wasn't all that and you know the characters uh, the gungans um i guess obviously got more flack than praise and i kind of feel like not a lot of people knew and know that brian blessed was in star wars and was boss nass and and i and I, I really do think that's true because when we started talking about star wars like not that he was you know um lacking energy beforehand god no um but he just moved up you know a number of gears he just he was so passionate about it and he wasn't just passionate talking about his experience of it and he had some funny stories to tell and um George Lucas, um he said something about George Lucas initially wanting Brian Blessed to be a Jedi. Um, but then decided oh that actually God. Brian Blessed was <laughs> almost too powerful to be a Jedi, you know, almost too um, overwhelming as a as a performer. Um, 
so he, he didn't ever got cast as a, as a Jedi in the end. And um, he was filming something else around the time where he'd been cast and he was staying in this hotel and he came home after, uh, came back to the hotel after the shoot. And um, he'd been told that a, a fax uh, was arriving from uh, from George Lucas, and it was basically the script for The Phantom Menace, obviously the most anticipated film of all time at the time. And um, something went wrong with the fax machine, and it just started spitting out, flying out the script all over the hotel reception. Oh, no. And, oh, no. and it was just, like, obviously he tells it in a much um, uh, better and funnier way, but, you know, can you imagine that, like, these days, having... <laughs> Well, fax machines for starters, you know, we're not, we're not, yeah. but um, right. like how secretive they are with the scripts these days. And back then they were faxing, you know, to like <laughs> a, an open reception area, the script for the Phantom Menace before they'd even started uh, shooting. But um, also his Incredible. passion for Star Wars in terms of actually being a fan. He's a genuine fan. Um, he oh, wow. started just randomly um, doing impressions of, um, uh Sebastian Shaw um and um Ian McDermott and um uh Alec Guinness and he 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 had more or less the lines right you know um and he had a really exciting encyclopedic knowledge of the films and then the production process of the films that he wasn't even in and um he loved science fiction basically and he loved Star Wars and he was he told me that he was chatting to Sebastian sure about it and um Sebastian Shaw just learned he'd got got the role and uh said you know to Brian oh yes I've been asked to be in, uh, in, in, in Star Wars and Brian Blessed was like you what and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Star Wars I mean I, I I I suppose I'm gonna have to do it because I need the money he was broke Sebastian Shaw was broke he needed the money that's that's why he uh he agreed to um, this bit part, really, which he described it as. And then um, when Brian Blessed sort of, you know, asked a bit more information about this bit part and learned that he was going to be Darth Vader and um, Sebastian Shaw was sort of really playing it down and almost, you know, suggesting that he might actually turn it down despite needing the money. And Brian Blessed just, I, I think he said something like, What? Do you not understand the world? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I just thought that was incredible. You know, like Brian Blessed, you know, um, obviously some people will uh, deride him a little bit, um, but he's a legend. And it was just amazing to think that he as an established actor, even back then, um, was almost reacting like we would, you know, if we were in like the pub or the bar together, you know, and if if, if, mm-hmm. if Charlie had told us this and, uh, how we would have reacted, you know, with, with excitement and uh, maybe a bit of jealousy as uh, as well. And um, yeah, so that really, really surprising because it wasn't, you know, a lot of times when you talk to actors, especially with Star Wars, you know, because um, I specialize in chatting mostly to the sort of more random uh, Star Wars performers. And it was just a day's work for them, you know, literally a day for many of them, you know, the extras, the stormtroopers, etc. cetera. Um, but with Brian Blessed, it really was something he's very proud of and very passionate about and i and uh, as i learned doesn't get to talk about very often but but when he does get to talk about it it's um it's um it's really uh fun and interesting uh to hear and his impressions were spot on uh as well of um and also by the way he was friends of alec guinness and he said alec guinness never hated star wars never hated everyone kenobi oh that's nice to hear i know like obviously We've seen like his diaries and stuff, but I always like 
I always felt deep in my bones, just, just even if he had the money, which I know that he, I think Alec Guinness, but got a lot of the, um, didn't he get a lot of the percentage rights for the, uh, the figures, right? I think he did. He, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He seems like a very, uh, I, I think he, like, there's no way he would have just come back just for the pain. No, to to, I think, yeah. I'm sure Brian Blessed said something along the lines of he never hated the films. He never hated the character. He actually was very proud of his involvement with Star Wars and the success it became. He didn't like how big it had become and the fact it actually consumed his previous back catalogue in terms of his career. You know, that's what people were asking him for and uh, asking him about all the time. Uh, And that sort of comes back to the Anthony Daniels thing I mentioned. You know, some actors do get a little bit chippy about, you know, only being remembered for one thing. Um, but no, from my experiences, pretty much everybody is in Star Wars, Star Wars wise is, um, you know, been happy to talk about their, um, experiences. So no, I think I put Brian Blessed number one as top spot, but Ahmed Best is being like, we've sort of weirdly, really bizarrely become friends since doing the interview. I actually met up and in person and, um, we talk quite often, um, so that's the kind of probably the most bizarre thing that I've ended up becoming friends with Jar Jar Binks <laughs> on these interviews. Like actually, you know, not just sort of, you know, um, doing every own. every child's dream, quite frankly. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Um, but no, Brian Blessed. Perfect. Um, well, what about outside of Star Wars? Because obviously, like you said, you for BBC Radio, you've obviously interviewed um, a plethora of really incredible people um quite frankly i'm personally jealous that you managed to chat with jarvis cocker so is there anyone like outside the star wars realm yeah (laughs) yeah i I don't yeah i mean i was a music journalist for mostly music journalist for five six years so really the majority of people i have interviewed are musicians with the odd sort of movie person and um sports person sprinkled in um worst person i've ever interviewed this is for um for nicky am i right in saying you're a man united fan you are correct uh, <laughs> how, how do i remove myself from this conversation do i click on the <laughs> is there an exit button um yeah rio ferdinand worst ever hey, person worst ever interview but um best outside of star wars uh jarvis cocker was fun he was really he's really cool um I don't know. Like, um, I'm going to, I actually interviewed Christopher Lee for about music, not about film. Um, He released, he released a heavy, heavy metal album when he was like 91 or something. His Christmas Um, one is, is ridiculous. Yeah. It's funny. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, but, uh, that was was surreal. Um, and actually, um, something I've enjoyed doing is I do the odd interview for starwars.com and that's sort of using my kind of, um, old music contacts, uh, who I know are Star Wars fans and interviewing them about Star Wars and then plugging their album or tour or whatever for starwars.com. So I suppose one of the weirdest things that I'd put on my, um, I wouldn't really put it on my tombstone. Um, I won't be alive to put it on my tombstone. But um, uh, weirdest thing to put on like my, my resume would be um, 
interviewing Noel Gallagher about porgs for Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> um, that was weird. But um, yeah, I'm going to say... Um, oh, I'm probably going to... I'm probably going to remember someone else who was better, but just to not give you another 20 minute answer, like the last one I gave, uh, I'm going to say, um, slash, uh, guitarist slash, um, and really not, he's not the best interviewee, but I've interviewed him now uh, over the last 10 years, about 12 or 13 times. And, We've just had a weird sort of uh, we've 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 shared clothes. Um, we've had uh, just it's just it's been it's been it's been a ride. And there we go. We kind Rock of roll. not like Ahmed, not like sort of I'd say like Ahmed. I could call up and just have a chat with. I can't do that with Slash, believe it or not. But we've sort of <laughs> we have gone beyond the kind of interviewer and interviewee. Um, you know, it's if if I turn up, it's not like having to. There's people I've interviewed again you know, second time round, and you have to break the ice again because, of course, they don't remember you. You've done 500 interviews uh, and more since you had that five minutes with them. But with, with Slash, it's like we actually reminisce about the time we shared clothes, for example. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to go with Slash. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Slash. Alice Cooper was really, Perfect. really just a nice guy. Nice. Um, so we, yeah, we obviously just heard that amazing Brian Blessed story, but we also... <laughs> Uh, know your work with the Empire Strikes Door and all of that and do you feel like you maybe do you feel like you maybe get better stories from the like lesser known names in the Star Wars credits or do you like maybe like them more or, like what how do you feel comparing the sort of the big names versus the, the little guys yeah it's a good question um I I do I do genuinely try and approach them all the same in terms mm-hmm. of my preparation. Like I don't script interviews, but I, I have, I do my research and I like, I have bullet points on me as well of, of talking points and to have some sort of attempt at a, a structure. But at the same time, I don't think everyone has their own ways of doing things. But um, for me, I don't like to script an interview because I think you should allow some room for going on tangents, you know, but always mm-hmm. have something there to remind you where you, you need to go to next because obviously there are certain things you know you should um set out to get from an interview especially if you're doing it for somebody else who's 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 paying for you to do it um but yeah my preparation stays the same with the with the star wars actors whether they're billy d williams or um or the stormtrooper that might have bumped his head, uh, as you mentioned yeah. in the documentary. <laughs> and, um, you know, the great thing about it is, you know, we're, 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 we're doing this, you know, with, with your podcast and, and on, on, on my YouTube channel, you know, we're, we're talking Star Wars and stuff, but people have been doing this for ages, haven't they? You know, um, mm. Star Wars fan sites. And uh, there's so many interviews from, like, you know, the early 2000s, um print interviews mostly uh, well or digital print interviews um so you'll always find an interview with a star wars actor no no matter how obscure they are so the research is 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 is, is no um in in some ways the research is easier with the smaller actor because um 
you kind of only need to read one interview. It can be a bit more daunting when you're interviewing someone like um, uh, someone who's done more than just Star Wars, if you like. So Billy D. Williams, for example, like, um, you know, it's, it is important to go and I think anyway, to go and sort of research a bit more into their background, how they got into acting etc it's a little bit easier with some of the um stormtroopers because there's not much of a story really um and they'll say that first and foremost themselves that they, they were there as extras you know um it was just another yeah. day's work and then you know the shoot over around so they got asked to come back the next day uh for example so um i think approach is fairly similar in terms of um research i i put as much time into into both um categories of actors but i would say there's less i don't get nervous um about the person i'm meeting um i definitely used to um but i don't now but i do get nervous when i'm a one man band about things going wrong technology wise and i'm often <clears throat> with the star wars thing i often am a one man um band and that's probably the thing that um stresses me most but i will say as well um it's weird with the with the actors that you know to us are just as important as the bigger actors, you know the the stormtrooper that bumped his head. Um, I've scheduled an interview for tomorrow morning with um, uh, the guy who played. Um, I should I haven't done my research yet. But <laughs> the guy who played uh, Massa Meda Massa Meda Mass. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh wow! And op op what the the the, ha- the half hair half snake Jedi on the council. Oppo oh. Rancis. Yeah. my king. My yeah. king. Is he your king? He is my king. I love Oppo. I'll try That's and get, my boy. Right try and get try and get a shout out for you if you want. Uh, Please do. Oppo. Oh my god, I fangirl over here. Oh I'll my goodness. Remind me. Remind remind me afterwards. Um, and if there's anything you know you want him particularly to say if you wanted to use it for the podcast and uh let, oh my let god me know that would be amazing it's tomorrow morning <laughs> it's so um, funny but like you know so to us like the characters he's played in a way in a way in a way are you know just as important in a way um yeah. but there is there is a different atmosphere with those types of actors there is a kind of like when you end, when when you're in the room with someone like Billy D. Williams, there is a feeling like you have to um, you have to sort of earn your right to be there in a way. It's yeah. like you almost have to sort of convince him that you 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 sort of you should be there, like you know what you're doing, um, which is is quite hard for me to to convince anyone. Um, to, to form such an opinion but you know there is like you feel like you have to work harder just to get on their level I, I, maybe that's just how maybe that's just in my my mind but with um the other guys um you it's weird it's like you you just start off and instantly it's like talking to a normal person it's not like talking to um a celebrity and i will say it's not like that with all um of the actors so you know it could just be in your mind oh my god it's billy d williams you know um and therefore, you're creating this kind of um, uh, godlike persona in your own mind um, that uh, you sort of um, project onto him. But um, there is that thing with the with the smaller actors that you are like, you're just chatting to someone. You're just chatting to someone that happened to be in in Star Wars. So the guy who played um, Oppo and and Mass, um, we had a chat on the phone because he wanted to find out a little bit more about the. Um, 
about the interview series uh, on my YouTube channel, which obviously I was I was shocked that he didn't know about, and um, <laughs> you know, it was just like just chatting away with him. You know, um, there was no sort of there was no weirdness or anything. It was just like having a chat with someone uh, you've just bumped into in in the pub, if you like. So, I, yeah, there's there's some similarities uh, with the bigger actors and the smaller actors in terms of my experiences uh, and and some differences as well, but. Um, the main difference really between, from my experience anyway, between the the bigger actors and the smaller actors is the environments. You, you're never really going to get the bigger actors on their own. You're always going to get the smaller actors on their own. You know, you can have a chat, as I mentioned, on the phone before doing the actual interview and, and break the ice that way. But when you interview one of the big guys, you know, one of the press junkets that we talked about, it's you and, you know, up to eight other people in the same little hotel room and all of the other people outside that hotel room with radios, you know, it's a big operation, these kind of um, Disney star Wars um, press days. So I suppose that's the biggest difference. Really. You're never going to get the bigger names uh, relaxed and open, you know, they're always a Mm -hmm. bit more controlled those kind of interviews. Yeah. Crazy. Definitely. And so, I know we're, we're running out of time here. So what is, we just wanted to know what's next for the channel and where can people support you and your endeavors online? Um, yeah, youtube.com forward slash the geek end. I hate coming up with names, but this is the best I could do. And uh, <laughs> a, a URL that wasn't taken already. So it's geek end like weekend, but like weekend is in like the, the rapper stroke pop star weekend. So it's ND geek ND and um, yeah. Um, Lightspeed tonight, um, new episode coming out on Tuesday next week. And then episode three, maybe the final one, maybe not the Tuesday after. Perfect. And you've got a patron, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm really bad at self promotion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got a Patreon. I've got an Instagram. I've got a Twitter. I've got a, I've probably still got a MySpace somewhere, but, um, I am on Patreon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, I don't, I think it's, I guess it's patreon.com forward slash the geekend. Um, yeah, it's, I do have a, I can confirm though, Charlie, I do have a Patreon. Perfect. Well, we want uh, to send as many people as we can your way to help support you. A lot of, I know, like you said, the £50 episodes, we need to double that budget at least so we can get more Wamira's what in the future. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. And sorry that you've had to listen to me talk about myself for like an hour. (laughs) I'm not not used to (laughs) talking about myself. Honestly, it's really weird. I mean, we do it all the time. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's it's been great. You know, said said it was fine at the beginning. I'm much better now after ha- learning so much of all the great stories you've had, and and it's it's been a great time. Well, I started off very fine towards you at the beginning, Nikki. You seemed like a like a good guy, but then obviously <laughs> we've we've reached um, you know crossroads. Now I know your allegiance in terms of football teams. Uh, I, <laughs> I I think I have to downgrade the fine. <laughs> you know, it's been known to happen, so. It's, it's beautiful watching a, a bromance blossom. And we will eventually, at some point, hopefully, we'll if you go to Celebration, we'll try and um, get together at like a bar and maybe we can try and 
if he's there a again. Bar? In the real world? Yeah, I know. What brings <laughs> this new devilry? I still exist. If he... Yeah, no, I'm gonna have to get you guys on the on the um channel. I do I do live streams and I will probably um probably do some regular ones for the bad batch. So if if the three of you want to come on. Uh, That'd be wonderful. Yeah, we'd love to do that. Absolutely. Um and yeah, we'll, we'll try and potentially if he turns up again next time at celebration, we'll have to try and get you and Paul Bettany together again and mend <laughs> that old wound. <laughs> Bring him, bring him a, a different kind of salad. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what he was more uh, annoyed about by the time I left the room, uh, me or the chicken Caesar salad. I just don't know. Um, but... <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Uh, oh, thank goodness. you, Jamie. We'll let, uh, thank you. Give the head off. Uh, feel free to. I'll click stop recording. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be gone uh, for a few hours. So if you need that track, uh, just let us know, and I'll get it to you in a couple of hours' time. Um, and if you want me to do a little, I can't guarantee you'll say yes, but to be honest, I don't think you'll say no. Um, <laughs> and the alternative is usually yes. Um, if you want me to do like get a shout out for you, yeah. Jerome St. John Blake. Um, <laughs> I will uh, I will make that happen. So just uh, drop us a message with like uh, anything you want him to include in the shout out. Absolutely. He became a, a common talking point on my Twitch streams for Jedi Fallen Order somehow. And it's been, <laughs> he's he's become a fan favorite over here. <laughs> okay. Oh, he'll love that. He'll do it. He, he, seems, uh, he seems like a nice guy. Um, so yeah, let's know. So uh, I'm doing it in the morning, obviously UK morning. So um try and let us know uh soonish yeah we'll do uh, yeah we'll absolutely. message each other in a second and see if we can get something i mean if we get massimita to talk about the imperial senate podcast would be the icing on the cake that kind of makes sense <laughs> doesn't it really peak it peak. really does make sense <laughs> we can we can hang up our boots <laughs> we, we finished we've won <laughs> yeah. all right perfect uh thank you again jamie Cool. All right, then. No, thanks, guys. Uh, honestly, thank you very much for, for asking me and sorry for all the rambling. Thank you for listening to the Imperial Senate Podcast. If you would like to hear more from the Senators, please visit our website at imperialsenatepodcast.com. There you will find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as our Discord server, Twitch, and YouTube channels. You can also email us at imperialsenatepodcast at gmail.com. And please consider leaving a review on your podcatcher of choice. Thanks, and may the force be with you. has dissolved the council permanently. The last remnants of the old republic have been swept away. The last remnants of the old republic have been swept away. The last remnants of the old republic have been swept away.